Welcome to the Self-Service Generation Podcast, where we explore how technology impacts, improves, and enables the customer experience that we all expect from businesses and organizations that we engage or work with. Don't worry, we only keep it to 20 minutes, so hopefully you'll find it interesting. Thanks very much. Welcome to this uh, week's episode of the Self-Service Generation Podcast. You're joined by me, Gavin, and Steve. Hello, how are you doing? You all right? Yes, I am fine. Good. How, how did you do after our run that day, like when we went out last? Um, I was fine. I think, luckily, I have no pain. I yeah. found getting out of bed a bit of a challenge. Um, not necessarily the tiredness of the body, but it's more specifically the legs or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> lack of use of legs yeah yes yeah well you did all right you 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 came around you and and you were helping me out doing a bit of a rehab thing and look it was your idea as well so you know don't start blaming me about anything <laughs> <laughs> no i did i did volunteer myself for the torture um so i guess it's my own fault but i was to be honest with you i did to be honest, I, I really i did enjoy coming out uh Burator is beautiful as a place oh, to go for a run in the morning um great bit of fresh air and actually um, obviously better for it um and obviously i had to double that on by going to five aside um a couple of days later as well so i really doubled up on my exercise uh yeah that's right and then didn't do anything for two weeks yeah well i hadn't done anything for a couple of weeks before before, before that so it's sort of like it's like, yeah. it's like a your training thing. training regime isn't what we'll call consistent <laughs> <laughs> no captain mind. consistent is not a, a name commonly used with me uh we're, we're, we're all we're all good no medical issues at this moment in time. Everybody will be happy to hear. So that's good. It's definitely it's definitely a positive to start the start the podcast. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about ChatGPT. Um, I think obviously there's a plethora of podcasts out there who have been covering and looking at this topic. It's something that we've wanted yeah. to look at for a while, um, but naturally kind of had quite a lot of other things we wanted to specifically cover first. Um, and it's been we've given ourselves the opportunity to be like, we really want to talk about this. Uh, we really want to cover kind of some of the core topics, but also give some context, which I feel um, a lot of kind of podcasts have a tendency to skip over in regards to what it is and how it works and how it can benefit people. So I think that's kind of the plan for this podcast is trying to make sure it's, we've only got 20 minutes, so make sure it's kind of as consistent, concise and and uh, useful yeah, as possible. Well, that, that impossible, impossible task for me and you, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we will try. I, I mean, look, there is a point you know, the, the point is, is that um, trying to understand how it works, everybody gets how what it does. Um, but also, if you're trying to understand how it might then be used, it's good to understand the context of how it, you know, how it works, what the different layers are, and what the power of it is. Um, we all know about the content generation, that's been quite po uh, popular. Um, but it's, it's particularly good at summarizing categorizing content that it's indexed i mean you, the the chat gpt project is um it's really still a research project in a lot of regard except the models are getting better um and you know we got four came out um well, a month ago or so uh so they're they're improving those things uh, and it's only about really understanding different context and, you know, tuning the feedback that they've had since what they launched it in, was it November 22? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, less than, that's Less than nothing. six months in. We're less than six months. And, you know, the 
extraordinary visibility that this has had is you know it's astronomical but it's because people are i think probably afraid of it um you know wondering what it can do to change things and it will change things but necessarily you know it doesn't have to be a, a fear model we work on it, has, it could be a very positive model for our society it's just that we need to understand what it does and yeah. what we can use it for sensibly you know yeah i, uh, think, I think there's a big opportunity here isn't it? i think whenever there's i think so much of the time a lot of this technology can be hidden away in the background and used by large organizations and it and they're kind of they don't necessarily see the light of day or they they're not necessarily given yeah. access to to people like people at the front i think we also have to be really aware as well as as we're in the tech sector um we're or people in the, in the media as well like there's an that people feel that this is out in the open and, and available and yes it is publicly available and we are experimenting it with it but there's also that element of the fact that a lot of people still don't know about it a lot of people still don't know. it's the same with cryptocurrency if you're in the industry and you see it you're more aware of it but there's still an awful lot of people who don't know what it is don't really have a, a concept of kind of what the power is or the capability of it is and with that it's going to become an element of the more people the more it starts to raise its awareness in the market the more challenge and more concerns that's going to raise as to what this thing is and how it's going to impact everyday lives yeah it, it look it's it's a revolution in its own right uh, there's a lot of um what i think the big furore has been is that what it does is it does what we do quite well uh, which is we do very good summarization from our own general knowledge bases uh, yeah. so one of the big things about uh, the ai subjects this is such a ai is a bandied around term but we have general intelligence and usually the ais that we deal with artificial intelligence uh, kind of models are a lot more um, specific so you know you could have some a robot that can build a car but it can only do certain things on that car it's very specifically programmed to do those things. And that's generally what the AIs have been up to now. You know, they are very good at doing a, a particular job. They do it very quickly, they automate it well, and, and off they go, you know. Yeah. One, one of those big things and what, where, where I really came from, where it's really had its basis is in that data analysis, is it been in data analysis. So looking at data and yeah. understanding, understanding the data and being able to create an out, kind of create level output using that data as a basis or create a level of understanding using that data. Yeah, that's right. And that's what it's doing very well. And, you know, and people have noticed that it isn't perfect all the time and it doesn't do everything particularly accurate first time because it's still learning. And it's only got its 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 own database of information. You know, the models that we're looking at, the, moment, the data that it's trained on at the moment is up to 21, I think, is it may it, it's still getting stuff from after that. But the main work was done on that. Uh, indexing whatever content they get its hands on up to 2021. So after that, it's a bit more vague and it's not so much, you know, it has got all the information. Uh, but that's then the the challenge. You have to give it a model to work, to learn on, and then it starts having more intelligence about a subject, you know, and that's part of the how it can be used, you know, um, where we're working on kind of uh, content fine tuning with it so that it'll do the right task for a particular thing. Yeah. Big investment um, uh, just before Christmas when it came out um, was Alan and Overy, uh, so big lawyers, to start producing 
um, uh, kind of briefs and stuff and start actually helping solicitors to build their cases. You know, that's a huge thing and a lot of investments in it as well. You know, drafting kind of merger and acquisition stuff and things like that. So from the information it can it can uh, get. Now, with the big caveat, you'll need a solicitor to look at it and make sure it's okay, <laughs> you know, but it's going to do a lot of that heavy lifting, you know, and that's the bit. So, yeah. you know, as a species, is it going to make us more productive in an area, you know, putting stuff together or is it going to, you know, take jobs away? I don't, uh, you know, automation is going to change what happens, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to risk everybody's, you know, livelihood. You know, we need to consider it. I mean, look, Alibaba yeah. are doing their own one as well. Uh, that's literally been talked about this this uh, last couple of days. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all doing them. You know, I think I think that's the I think that's ultimately the way that we have to look at it as a whole. I was doing a piece, I did a piece on Twitter uh, yesterday around the direct comparisons between the development of the AI revolution versus the industrial revolution, and looking at kind of those key parallels. And it's kind of interesting to go well when we started bringing machinery into into factories there was a big uproar in regards to people were worrying about losing their jobs or uh, from a labor point of view and with with automation and ai it's exactly the same element it's it's an element of automization so people are still worried about the job aspect as well so there's there's definitely parallels there we can draw i think the main thing is ultimately we have to look at it as an element of it's about kind of there's a progress thing there but this is something that's being developed we have to be conscious and aware of what the impact it is going to have yeah um, and i think there's obviously there's some big conversations in the moment around um regulation um around kind of what the laws are around this piece as well um yeah. but ultimately that happened that happened in the in industry as well in regards to when these when the when the machine when machines were started when industrial revolution was happening there were sort of guidelines and rules and, and things that were brought in place to be like that this is brilliant things happening but we have to be able to manage how this is happening and make yeah. sure it's better kind of it is it was for the better of humanity um yeah. and it's always going to be driven by ethics yeah well, well you'd hope so oh look there's a big furore at the moment about from the some of the the big uh tech leaders and stuff like that about slowing it down you know elon musk has had his burden and all that type of stuff you know pausing development on these things <laughs> and that's not happening you know it, the, the pandora's box has been opened it's it, this that's never going to happen you know i saw a, a ted talk not so long ago and they were just saying look we're opening these things up it'll can do stuff very speedily and it's going to continue doing that and it's only going to exponentially get bigger you know yeah. you're not going to close that box it's not happening you know there's yeah. no way of us closing that box if we do you know say the western world decided that that's what we're going to do you know we've got italy now blocking chat gpt they're the first western country to do that whilst they look at the legislation you talked about but if you if we do it then the chinese aren't doing it you know we've got baidu doing it you've got alibaba just yeah. doing it you know there's all sorts of different um organizations working on this their own models of exactly the same technology so there's no way we all stop because there'll always be somebody somewhere that will do do it and yeah. carry on with it. You know. My concern, my concern with um, I don't know billionaires 
and company leaders coming in and saying, oh, we need to stop development of this is the reason behind them wanting to stop the development of this. So would, the, would it still be the case if it wasn't open, if the, as you call it, Pandora's box wasn't open to the public and everyone suddenly had access to this? Obviously, all these things were happening in the background. Happening while he, even his own companies were working on these elements in the background. There's a fear more of the fact that actually it starts level to some extent, and we've got to be really careful with this. To some extent, levels the playing field in regards to what people have access to and what people are able to build, starting yeah. using these technologies. Um, again, we have to be aware of the fact that we're talking about this level of the playing field. Ultimately, the people who have access and have an understanding of these platforms and how to use yeah. them. Yeah. Are a subset of are a subset of society. There is a danger there to create, um, and as with any kind of revolution in in history, um, who kind of suddenly starts kind of, I don't know, becoming kind of leaders or becoming kind of there's an inequality basis that gets created by people who have the access to these to these tools. Whether we were looking at, um, I mean, stone spears, for example, the advantage of that was that kind of came about all the way through to this technology. Yeah. You've got you're at danger there of having this kind of disparity there, and this is something we're going to have to be a com, uh, be be conscious of. It's interesting that you say that, and I'm not sure um, for the simple reason that if we think about the technology that we've got at the moment, say phones, so smartphones, not everybody has access to smartphones, not everybody can use their smartphone. They might use it for very specific things, but not the depth that that piece of technology can do work for them or, you know, uh, enable them to do stuff. You know, there's a loads of layers into a, a smartphone that people don't use. And there's, you know, they, they do loads of stuff. And there's people that don't. But everybody pretty much uses language. And I think this is the bit that's made it very inclusive. So we work with um, uh, a disability charity in London, Inclusion London. And the technology that we're do, working with them on is to actually help their audience be included in that. And it's a language based solution yeah. because language is the common thing that we have, whether it's whether you're able to um, talk or whether you're able to type or whatever. Language is always the bit that's the bit that sets us apart from a, from other species in the world would be able to communicate incredibly well and this is helping people communicate or to or it can do you know one of the big use cases is to to automate conversation where people can get answers from simple questions that's what they're doing at the moment that's you know people are asking it questions and it's going to get stuff for them but they may not have the facility to all the the tools to go and find that research themselves or get simple answers to questions that they want you know maybe that's maybe it's more inclusive in some regard yeah. from that side of it you know that use case if you like yes yeah, so the, the power is the power is as a technology it will enable us to create a more inclusive environment the challenge is how do we get more people on the peripheries of technology or of these industries aware of it understanding the capabilities of it so we can then have a more inclusive society in regards to have more people have access because ultimately with with chat gpt it's, it's a really good a bit, it's a really easy to use um easy way of first jump getting into ai as a as a as a as a mechanism for doing amazing things it's yeah. it was just about how finding out how we can kind of distribute that and get that in more people's hands to be able to see actually to empower people to be able to i don't know empower people first to start getting their their feet wet 
Well, you know, if we're taking our self-service conversation that we've been talking about, uh, you know, on this uh, this here, if you can use just natural language to talk to a business, a service, a, you know, if you're trying to do your manage your healthcare, um, and you can just talk to something that you know an endpoint it might be on the phone it doesn't have to be through a smart device an app or anything like that but if you could talk to that and get answers that you need without having a way to go through a painful process and stuff like that then that's going to help you as an individual and and, and improve your quality of life because it, you know it, beyond that we know how difficult it is to engage with a you know a health service maybe or you know something like that look we all t struggle trying to get appointments yeah. trying to get you know things that are should be a straightforward process or a good service imagine that um if you can just literally speak to to a an application that goes i understand exactly what you trying to say you just talk to me in a normal fashion and i've now gone and got that information back for you or i've set up your appointment or i've uh, given you some advice uh, again this is the controversial bit it's gone yeah. and given you advice based on the knowledge that the business or the organization or the you know the people have said you know that that's the that's the bit that if we trust the advice then yeah that then becomes that opener to everybody being able to use it and trust the response. I think that's yeah. the bit that's maybe the missing link at this moment in time. What the investments are really going into is yeah. trusting what's coming back out. And and again, this is part of the challenge of probably what bringing it back round to the to the the kind of the case in Italy as well is the only way these uh, these models can become smarter is by putting more data into it. And if we're looking at potentially even move into a, a point where we're looking at diagnosis, which ultimately I know that IBM have been doing, have, have done some work on that. Um, the ability to be able to put in, and again, hold up for honest, but medical records in, looking yeah. at looking at symptoms, looking at looking at all those different elements of phone and look at having a historical element of data, you are in a position to some extent to be able to, to allow, and, and the biggest issue is always going to be how someone talks about their symptoms, yes. or whether they're aware that their symptoms and sometimes yeah. it will need you're going to need to have that conversation with a doctor in order to do that but to some extent you you could there is an element of triaging that potentially you could do using this technology which would then lighten the load on other areas i don't i think we're way off that um i also think there's an element of trust that has to be in place and there's a lot of risk you have to manage whenever you're looking at doing anything like that um, but ultimately these models have to ultimately we have to be putting the data in there and having it and be utilizing that in order to make the model smart enough to be able to do any of these things yeah, I think you're right. Um, Look, I, I think that they they become a, co a collaborative learning tool in a lot of regards. You know, you're asking questions in a natural language. It comes back and you go, mm, OK, that's pretty good. And it's given me some some stuff. I'm not sure about that. And it allows you to fine tune what you're asking or it's, you know, yeah. it, it, but that's that's part of how, you know, let's face it, our now digital native uh, generation that are coming through that have never known anything different this is now another generation of people that will be talking to this kind of thing and go well i understand that that's probably not 100 percent, so i'm going to check that bit but yeah. generally that sounds sensible to me yeah and that is the challenge we're at, at the moment isn't it is the yeah. fact that a lot of people who are using these platforms are taking what they're giving them as being gospel 
Yes. And sorry. ultimately, that's where the danger lies. Um, there's also a whole, and again, we're conscious of time, but there's a whole element around copyright. So obviously, all these platforms are are generating content based off content that has been scraped from the web, which to some extent has its own copyright access to it. So therefore, who owns? There's a whole discussion now of who owns that content. So there's loads of topics of conversation around from a chat specifically from a chat GPT. Well, that's why there's lots of podcasts about them. Yeah, you exactly. know, that's that's what that's why it is. But uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure we'll resolved on this uh, as far as this is concerned. But I think there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity to make something that's a useful tool for a business. Certainly, you know, look, Microsoft have now got a framework that's OpenAI that you can just go straight into. That's not, yeah. you know, the 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 other version. Um, you know, so we've got an early access to that stuff. And they, you know, they want it to be used for a good use case. They want it to 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 do the the heavy lifting of some stuff that's hard to do. This is very hard to do. Is get context, understand what yeah. somebody's asking you, summarize that, give generate content based on the context and the question that's been asked. Those are the really hard bits, and they've started to nail that. Now, the big challenge is getting the right data back. So that content generation is accurate and knowledgeable and the, the right thing that you can trust. Now, I think the trust base on that is probably the bit that there's now the missing, the only missing link, really. And how, how do we do that? You know, and there are models to now start fine tuning that and make it a trustworthy model. You know, so there, there is there is the, the bit, you know. And I think I think that's a really good point to kind of kind of finish on um, from the podcast point of, from this point of view as well. I think ultimately we can deep dive into loads of different aspects. I think we've covered quite a lot of ground in regards to the podcast today, but there's, there's so many different areas which we could deep dive and discuss right. even more. Right. But I think I think the whole conversation is going, it's, it is about trust. That's why we're seeing this just challenge um, from, from Italy at the moment in regards to why they shut down, why shut down access to chat GPT. That's why we're seeing a little bit of an uproar at the moment. So I think if they could, if we can get however we get this, that piece right, I don't really know what that looks like, but it is yeah. about kind of making sure that we're, we create a model and create a, an infrastructure and create a plan for how some guidelines as to how this this can be used, what the limits are, and how it's going to be used, and making sure that um, yeah everyone has access to to it to some extent to allow them to yeah. play with. Well, that, the, the, and then the access, like you said, you know, I think the access is is important, but because it's language based, I think the access is easier. Than it is for a lot of other technologies. So I think this is one of the few technologies that's really given access to anybody and everybody, you know, um, because it's language and it's what we do commonly as a species, you know. Yeah. So I, I think that that's really good. And it, look, if you can trust, if you can train it to do a specific job, and you can try it and 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 it understands the context of what you're asking, and you've got your finite knowledge base that it's pulling back from, then actually the trust is going to increase dramatically. You know, yeah. because it's your bit of data. You know that data is accurate, rather than it going on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then asking it loads of questions, and and, and it becomes very right wing. Um, you know, <laughs> if you're not careful. <laughs> I've from other bots that have been uh, launched online. Yeah, yeah exactly. from other large organisations. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, thanks, Steve. I think. Um, That's right. I think. 
I think it's worth us what we'll do at the end of this is when we launch a, a podcast we'll, we'll put a question out there just asking for general thoughts um yeah. as we always as we always do on so if you want to it'd be really interesting to hear what the audience's thoughts are on uh, chat gpt as a whole kind of maybe look at what your hopes and fears but any kind of thoughts on the things that we talked about today feel free to kind of find the podcast if you read it if you look at the spotify or find us on spotify add a comment into the podcast and um, where the question yeah. is we're really interested to hear what your thoughts are um and make sure you subscribe for for future podcasts and future discussions yeah that's great cheers thanks very thanks, much thanks for your time steve all right and you see you later thanks for joining cheers. us bye everybody Thanks for listening to the Self-Service Generation podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and found it interesting. Look out for more in the series where we take deep dives around specific challenges in this space. Until next time.